Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Oh, that Daniel Namod, he sure writes a good tune, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Drink water, we live in the desert. I'm going to talk about the nature of love being a decision because some people might have some problems with that construct, love being a decision. Because within the principles of unity, we teach that love is an indwelling power. And so what is the decision? What is the decision in that? If it is an indwelling power, aren't we constantly flowing forth as love? The answer to that is Yes, we are constantly flowing forth as love. The decision is, how are we utilizing that power of love? How are we utilizing it? In what way are we flowing forth as love? Love is one of my favorite topics. I love to talk about love. If you watch my mental, my mental, I always, it's so funny. It's, I, I, it's only on Sundays that I ever call it the mental moment. <laughs> If you watch my mental moment that I have every day on Facebook, it's live at uh, 11.30 a.m. Pacific, which is 12.30 right now. I have a mental moment in front of everybody. No, it is a mindful moment. (laughs) If you watch my mindful moment, I frequently say, um, you know, I would love for you to react to this video by clicking that love button, tapping that love button, because I think there's more love to... Um, offer to share, to spread, to activate that love, which is the core of our beingness. So love is one of my favorite topics. And it is something that is often misunderstood because frequently when we hear the word love, we think about love in the world of form. We think about love as a verb, the capacity to love, and we think that love is something that we have to try to strive to get from other people. We don't. For the degree to which we're loving and expressing in a loving experience in our lives is the degree to which that will be reflected back to us in all of our relationships. We don't have to work to love. We just have to give in to what is our core nature more and more and more. So what is love? What is love? I, I, I want to step beyond I love you, although I do. I want to step beyond that I love you. Now, love will translate itself into activity. That is the effect. But what we're really, really looking at today is love as a causative force. Love as cause. For all New Thought traditions teach the creative process is the process of cause and effect. That for everything that shows up in our lives, every form that we experience, every solid piece of matter, it is all the construct and outflow of cause. That is all the effect, but there is some cause. The cause is entirely mental, and that is not meant to be, uh, and it is not meant to say that it is the mind, although it is the mind, but it is the mind conjoined with the heart 
that is flowing forth as expression all the time. So what is the cause? The cause, and I'm going to use a little circular logic here, is love. The cause is love. The tradition from which I uh, was, the tradition in which I was trained, which is religious science, the, the sibling of unity, we define love, we defined love in this, way, in this way. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit for the purposes of creation. Love is the self-givingness of spirit. I missed, I missed a word. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit to itself for the purposes of creation. So if we are looking to create more expansive experiences of love in our lives, we must be willing to give of ourselves that very nature. Charles Fillmore wrote, God is love. God is love. Well, I mean, that's in the Bible. So he's taking that. He's saying God is love. He's agreeing with that. God is love. And one becomes loving by permitting that which God is to find expression in word and act. So we are not talking about the specific activities of love but the cause of all activity. Was it last week that I said God is not a being, but God is the creative source from which all beingness unfolds? That's love. That is love. Everything unfolds from love or consciousness or God. You know, we utilize all of these words to try to describe that which is ultimately undescribable. But love is all there is. That's what I keep reminding myself of. I keep reminding myself all the time that love is all there is. Even when I see things that challenge that idea out in the world of form, it is my responsibility and my decision to root back into knowing that love is all there is. And the more I express that and proliferate it, the more it is reflected back to me. Love is all there is. So the question for me then becomes this, and I invite you to see how this question resonates for you in your heart. As I speak in the eye, I will invite you to hear it in your own mind as you asking yourself this question. Am I acting in accordance with this understanding of love, or am I missing the mark in some way? Am I acting in accordance with this understanding of love, or am I missing the mark in some way? I can look at my history. I can look at my past. I think we can all look at our past and see ways in which we may not have been loving in our activity, in our action. Let it go now. Find that place within that is for giving forgiving of yourself, forgiving love. So love being the creative impulse, this impulse shows up in form. Love is the infinite cause, the first cause. All creation roots back to that first cause, the moment spirit considered the idea that I am 
that which I am. Love is objective in the infinite. That's good news. That's good news. Love is objective. We are the ones who personalize it and make it subjective in our experience through feeling, through expression, through relationship. This is how love becomes subjective. It becomes subjective by means of each and every one of us. We personalize this infinite power, but there is absolutely no separation. We are the power at the level of our expression of that power. But 100% of us, body, mind, spirit, is love. When we personalize it, it shows up in many, many, many ways in our life. Not just in that, although it's lovely, not just in romantic love. I love romantic love. But it's not just that. It is so much more. In fact, the Greeks had many different ways to express love. They had many different words that were rooted in a different understanding of an expression of love. Uh, Eros, meaning sexual passion. (gasps) I know, shocking, right? Um, Philia, meaning deep friendship. Ludus, meaning playful love. Pragma, mature and long-standing love. Philautia, love of self. And agape, love for everyone. And I think it shows up in even more ways than that. More ways than that. Those are particularizations of the infinite wave of love And it's always showing up in ways expected and unexpected. There was an unexpected way that I came to deepen into my understanding of love. I think I've told this, well, I've I've told this story so many times I forget where I tell it, but my entree into the New Thought teaching was, (laughs) I'm going to say by mistake, but we know there are no mistakes. I, was, I grew up in a household that was not a religious household. We didn't go to church or anything, although I always felt I had a spiritual sensibility. And um, I was an actor, as many of you know. I was an actor and singer in Los Angeles for many, many years. And there was a particular play that I was cast in and was working on that took me to a particular theater in Los Angeles. And that theater, I later found out, had this weird church that operated out of it on a Sunday. And I was like, oh, it's one of those woo-woo churches. They're woo-woo there. And I was single at the time. The uh, house manager for the play was also involved with the church, and she and I were talking before the show one day. She says, oh, you know, it's, all, it's the small talk thing. Where you, oh, I'm single, you know, blah, blah, blah. She says, oh, there's this great guy that I think you should meet. Okay, he comes to our church. Nope, not doing it. That was my initial reaction. <clears throat> and so... When I finally relented after a few weeks and said, okay, you never know what you might find when you meet somebody. So I said, the potential for love exists, and I'm going to go and have the experience and sit down and meet this person and see if the potential for love exists within that. And while I sat there, I knew that that was not the experience of love that I was looking for. It was very clear very quickly. It was a lovely, lovely person, but not for me. But what I did find was this. Love as me. I found that 
there was that which is within me that had to love itself so magnificently and so thoroughly, first and foremost, that it would then become reflected in my interactions with people in life. That's what I found that first Sunday that I went to that church. That was the NoHo Arts Center for New Thought, and I have been going to church every Sunday since. Now, now, I, now I'm required to go to church every Sunday. <laughs> but see how, it, see how love can set you on a trajectory that is unexpected, but required for your magnificent experience and expression of life? Now, I could, have, I could easily have gone in a different direction, but still, had I been rooted, have I, if I am rooted in love, it does its perfect work in the expression of my life. I could have remained in the acting field. I could have remained in that profession. And in fact, learning the tools that I have learned within the New Thought philosophy, I was able to find a more authentic way of being on stage. I became a better actor through all of it. So finding that authentic love within the self has enhanced all experiences and expressions of my life. That's why I keep coming back to saying that love is so important. Love is so important. So when, when was it that you can pinpoint that you found that infinite love that is you in your life? And it is not related, although it may be reflected in a loving relationship, it is not required to have that loving relationship to maintain the understanding of love. When, did you, when can you point, pinpoint that you found that in your life? And if you cannot pinpoint that right now, it exists. It exists within the construct of your mind, and so simply all that I require to find it in my own mind is to allow and to be open. Infinite love is your core identity. If we release our thoughts, those thoughts that are contrary to love, primary, I think, among them are thoughts of distrust, which are rooted in fear. Because ultimately, the, 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 the idea contrary to love is fear. But if we let go of distrust, here's the other thing about distrust. Distrust requires an other something out there to not be trusting of. If we allow that distrust to simply dissipate, root ourselves in what we teach here, unity, literally, we teach unity, then we find at the core our identity is love. To live, to live from a consciousness of othering is not a path that is rooted in infinite wisdom. And that's the other spiritual capacity in our journey this week. Love is one of them. Wisdom is the other. Wisdom is having or showing experience, knowledge, and good judgment. That's the dictionary definition of wisdom. Having or showing experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Well, where does wisdom flow from? Wisdom flows from love. Wisdom flows as intuition. Wisdom flows forth perfectly when we allow it and are open to it. Wisdom is an inner guide for each of us to power practically our lives and apply what is known and intuitively discern to make heart connections. Wisdom is both 
acquired knowledge coupled with intuition. For there are aspects of wisdom that if I were to look at some of the ways I have expressed and experienced wisdom in my life, I couldn't tell you where that wisdom came from except that I must have intuited it. In combining, in combining intuition with knowledge and making that a practice, allowing ourselves to settle into that as a practice, we activate discernment and it becomes innate, the full expression of our lives. Wisdom is actually always at work in our lives, whether we are willing to listen to the wisdom or not, that becomes the thing. We are, all, are we always aware or aligned with the infinite wisdom at the core? Maybe not, maybe not, but we can be. It's a decision just like love is a decision. So how do we activate our innate wisdom? The challenge in that is this. There are as many answers to that question as there are people, for wisdom is personal and individualized. So it is a journey that is personal to each and every one of us to find the flow of wisdom in our hearts and in our minds. One person's experience and expression of wisdom may be contrary to others. The experience of wisdom that I have may not be the same as the experience of wisdom that Kathy has. And that is when we don't see things quite the same. It does not mean that they are not still rooted in wisdom. Wisdom, I believe, can be activated through critical thinking, questioning our observations, questioning the things we see in the world, questioning the way we relate to other people in the world and determining, is it wise to move forward in this particular way? For me, deep wisdom follows when I live in this question. And this is, if you take nothing else away from today, this might be the thing to take away, that to activate wisdom, ask this question. What wants to happen here? What wants to happen here? To live in this question, to live the question is to invite infinite wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is when we draw our attention away from the outer world, from the world of effect or appearance, and begin to realize that the power is not in it, but in us. Joel Goldsmith, magnificent mystic. What wants to happen here? The greatest wisdom may be in our capacity to recognize and understand ourselves as creators, as the creators of our experience. Infinite creation is ever unfolding, but we can step into wisdom and activate it in a particular direction, and that is how our lives unfold. So are we active in that creation? Are we active in the creation, or are we passive in that creation? Are we doing, or are we being? Because Last time I understood it, we were human beings, not human doings. Is what I am doing in alignment with my innate being? 
And we actually walk that tightrope throughout our lives. And I think we find ourselves on one side or the other, one side of the equation or other. I'm literally deciding, like, this is my tightrope. I'm walking. We're always doing and being. And from the being comes the doing. Sometimes from the doing comes the being. Do, be, do, be, do. Abracadabra. <laughs> I, think that creative, I, I think that creativity rooted in wisdom requires both doing and being. Because as we do, we are illuminated into what actually is at the core of our being. Preparation is the consciousness of doing. Preparation is the consciousness of doing. Unconscious processing is the consciousness of being. I'm going to say that again. Preparation, the way we are in the world, the way we are experiencing expression, the way we are preparing ourselves to be in the world is the consciousness of doing. Unconscious processing is the consciousness of being. So we are talking about active creation and creation that is active but below the level of awareness. My desire is to ultimately habitualize my expression and experience of creation so profoundly that the consciousness of doing is indistinguishable from the consciousness of being. That I don't need to work so hard to get it done anymore in my life. I don't need to work so hard to find and experience and express the love, light, joy, peace, harmony, beauty that there is. That I don't have to work at it anymore. I choose to be. So as I habitualize the innate wisdom that is the core of my beingness, the doing becomes indistinguishable from the being. It does take work. Are you willing to do the work? And that's the ultimate question. Are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to be the presence of love, and wisdom, and all the other spiritual powers that we've been talking about these many weeks and we'll continue to talk about for a couple more weeks. Are you willing to be the infinite presence? If you are willing to be the infinite presence, then do the work. Not just the work in the world of form, but the work in mind to settle back and say, I know who I am, and I am unshakable in that faith. When we do the work, we live the results. And that's the message. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.